Um, and today we're going to continue at base camp and we're going to continue talking about the foundations of our faith, these fundamental things. And the idea here is that, that we were created for holiness. So if you look, and, and today we're going to be using this imagery a lot, but if you look at the graphic behind me, you've got kind of the pinnacle of the mountains. And we've, we've talked a lot about Mount Everest and, and climbing and stuff like that, but we were created for holiness for the pinnacle, for life to the fullest. That's what we're here for. That's why God created us. And so as we're talking about the foundations of our faith, what we're doing is we're looking through the articles of faith, just making sure that we're solid on knowing what we believe, because if we're going to be holy, we'd sure better know what we believe, who God is, who we are, and, and what we're here to do. So today we're going to be looking at Articles um, 5 and 6 from the Church of the Nazarene's Articles of Faith. Just a fair warning, the, um, the Article 5 in itself is like its own separate book. Um, I've got a lot of awesome scripture for you, but, but here's my prayer today. That each and every one of us, as we talk about sin and as we talk about atonement, that each and every one of us will understand the weight of the sin in our lives but that each and every one of us will understand the, the glorious, the glorious gift that God has given us through Jesus Christ, through the atonement for our sins. So let's start by reading Article 5. It's long. Hang with me here. It says, We believe that sin came into the world through the disobedience of our first parents. Thanks a lot, Mom and Dad. <laughs> original parents, Adam and Eve. We believe that sin came into the world through the disobedience of our first parents and death by sin. We believe that sin is of two kinds, original sin or depravity and actual or personal sin. We believe that original sin or depravity is that corruption of the nature of all of the offspring of Adam by reason of which everyone is very far gone from original righteousness or the pure state of our first parents at the time of their creation is averse to God, is without spiritual life and inclined to evil and that continually. We further believe that original sin continues to exist with the new life of the regenerate until the heart is fully cleansed by the baptism with the Holy Spirit. We believe that original sin differs from actual sin and that it constitutes an inherited propensity to actual sin for which no one is accountable until its divinely provided remedy is neglected or rejected. Now this is a lot of, lot of theological terminology here. We believe that actual or personal sin is a voluntary violation of a known law of God by a morally responsible person. It is therefore not to be confused with involuntary and inescapable shortcomings, infirmities, faults, mistakes, failures, or other deviations from a standard of perfect conduct that are the residual effects of the fall. However, such innocent effects do not include attitudes or responses contrary to the Spirit of Christ, which may properly be called sins of the Spirit. We believe that personal sin is primarily and essentially a violation of the law of love, and that in relation to Christ, sin may be defined as unbelief. So there is a ton 
in Article 5. We're going to go through it, and I'm not going to break down every point of it. There's a lot in there. I would love to talk to you. If there's something that jumped out to you that I don't cover today, I would love to talk to you about it. Um, there's a lot of really good stuff there in Article 5. But really what I want to focus on in Article 5 is that there is two types of sin at work in our lives. The first is original sin or depravity. And the second is personal sin. So we're going to start by looking at, at original sin. So I talked about at the beginning that we were created for holiness. If you think about the peak of Mount Everest, if you think about the peak when we're looking at base camp and we're looking at holiness, we were created for that. Adam and Eve in the very beginning were created. Mankind was created for holiness, for union with the creator. That's what we were here for. That's what we were created for. But original sin is a selfish, sinful nature that is born in each of us. As it said in the first part of that, because of the sin of our original, our first parents, Adam and Eve. See, Adam and Eve were created for holiness. They were placed in the Garden of Eden and they had everything that we were created to have. They had communi communion with the Creator God. Everything they needed was provided for. They had it perfect. But Adam and Eve were deceived into believing that they could do better on their own, that there was something better for them than what God had for them. And so Adam and Eve committed the first sin by choosing their own path. And at that moment, sin and death entered the world and it's been here ever since. And you and I, every single one of us in this room, have been strongly 100% affected by the sin of our first parents, Adam and Eve. I think about my parents and there's a lot of great things that I've gotten from my parents and there's also some things that, that I think like, hey, you know, thanks a lot for passing that down. I can't talk five minutes without crying. My hairline keeps moving back. But, but from our very first parents, Adam and Eve, we received sin and death into the world. And so ever since then, every single person that's been born into this world has been born into a state, a sinful nature, a state of original sin or depravity. So if you think about the peak of the mountain that we were created for, holiness, communion with God, righteousness, every single one of us was born into this world without it. We were born into this world with a nature that did not equate with holiness and righteousness. Every single one of us. And not only did sin enter the world, but death with it. And so all of the messed up stuff that we see every single day, people being hateful, um, sickness, disease, sin, death, all of that can be traced back to Adam and Eve. Every single one of us was born with original sin. We were all born with a selfish, sinful nature. And so we see right at the start that from birth there was a gap between who we were supposed to be, who we were created to be, what we were created for, and where we were. There was a gap between God's holiness and righteousness and us, a sinful-natured people. 
Romans chapter 5 verse 12 says, Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin, and in this way death came to all people because all sinned. So it all traces back to Adam and Eve. But each of us was born with a propensity, with a with a human nature to sin. Now, I'm going to try to lighten it up a little bit here. And, and the, the best way that I, the, the best, well, it may not be the best story, maybe the best story that I haven't told you before that would be a good example of original sinner depravity and it is that, so if you don't know this about me, I've, I talk about it quite a bit, but I love fantasy football. Okay, if you don't know what fantasy football is, fantasy football is where a group of guys or girls or whoever get together and we draft NFL players onto our team. We have these fake teams that are made up. They're on the internet, they're on paper, whatever. And we draft these players and then when they play their actual games, the stats get recorded to our teams and the team that we put together goes up against other people's teams that they drafted. And so it makes guys like me who just didn't have um, the ability to ever make it to the pros or, you know, be competitive in that arena. It gives us an opportunity to be competitive and feel like we're actually doing something. It's, I feel silly even talking to you about it, but I love fantasy football. One of the things I love most about fantasy football is that it brings people together. So I started a fantasy football league when I was in South Carolina at my church when I was a youth pastor there. So we're talking probably 2005, 2006, somewhere in there. I started a fantasy football league. And it, it started with all of my youth workers and all of my teens. And I still, to this day, every year, go down to South Carolina to have our fantasy football draft. And I realize it's silly. We're not, it's not even a real thing. It's just for fun. But, but what I love about it is it connects us to people. And I still talk to people from South Carolina. In fact, we've all moved around the country at this point, but it has allowed me to build relationships and grow in my relationships, and that's what I love about it. And so I have this South Carolina Fantasy Football League, and every year I go down for the draft, and there was one year, this was a really interesting, fun year. So we had a new guy come into our league, um, I'm not going to tell you his name, just in case maybe he pops on and watches this later. But we had a new guy come into our league, and he walked into draft night, so we're all sitting around tables, we get pizza, we get, you know, food, we really, you know, party it up, and we're sitting around these tables, and this guy walks in that's in our league, and we're in the middle of our draft, and we're having fun, we're all trying to draft the best team, and all of a sudden, he gets some sort of notification on his phone, and he lights up. And he starts saying to everyone, I got some insider information. This is going to win me the league this year. Oh, I, I got this good piece of information and you guys don't have it. Just wait. And so immediately, when, when somebody acts like that around you, what is your first response? Anyone? I'll tell you what my first response was. I want to steal that information. <laughs> I want to get that information and I want to use it against him. That's, that's not great. <laughs> but there is this part deep down inside. There's another guy that goes to church here with us that, that thinks the same way I do. And we're both in that league together. And, and I'll never forget this guy walked into the draft and he's kind of got his chest puffed out. And I've got insider information. It's going to help me leave. And immediately the guy from our church and I turned to each other. 
and we say, we're going to get that information. Because <laughs> there's just this piece of me that wants to stir the pot, right? There's just this piece of me that can't handle the fact that this guy's walking into room thinking he's better than the rest of us. And so there's this piece of me that just wants to, now I'm not saying this, what we did is sinful, but I'm saying the, this is a, an example of like that nature inside. So that nature inside of me was, was not to say, hey, good for you, man. That nature inside of me was to say, I'm gonna get that information and I'm gonna beat you. And so, so we, we had that feeling, that, that's that original depravity. I, that's a pretty silly example of it, but the truth is each and every one of us has a propensity or a, a human nature to sin, to be selfish, to think of ourselves first, to choose our way, to want things our way. We see this in the church all the time when we get in fights over the silliest things. It's because of that part of us that wants things our way, that thinks we know best. And so we all have that human nature, that sinful nature. That's the first part, this original sin, this depravity. There's a second type of sin though, and that's personal sin, that's actual sin, that's the sin that we act on. So it's one thing for me and my buddy to sit there and say, we're gonna get him, we're gonna stir the pot, we're gonna make this thing crazy. There's another thing to actually act on it. Original sin is something that you and I can't help. That nature is something that you and I didn't choose. We were born with it because of the sin of our first parents. But there's an actual personal sin. And the truth is, every single one of us in this room has at some point chosen to go against God's will. We have chosen to do it our way. We have chosen to not act righteously and holy, but to act on our own account. And so while original sin is this inherited thing that we can't help, personal sin is when we choose a path other than God's path. It's when we choose not to be holy and righteous. It's when we violate, like the article says, the law of love. And so, so it's not just that we start far from holiness, but every single one of us have made choices or decisions or taken actions that have separated us further from God. We've all been there. So, so the guy comes into the draft and he's got his chest puffed out and he says, I've got insider information. And me and my buddies say, we're gonna get that information. So the next time we had a break, we got about five rounds in, we took a break and my buddy works his way outside and, and the guy was outside, and so he gets, he gets over by him, and he says, hey, man, tell me your information. You know, just you and me. I won't use it against you. Come on, just, just let me know. And the guy says, nah, I've got, I've got the insider information. And, and my buddy says, oh, come on, man, just, just let me know. And he talks the guy into telling him his insider information. So the insider information was that one of the running backs in the NFL that was playing a game during our draft in preseason had hurt his leg and was done for the season. And so the other running back was going to be super valuable and nobody knew it but him. And so my friend got the insider information. You know what he did with it? He came in and immediately he came to me and he said, hey, I've got the information, you want it? 
And I said, yeah, absolutely. And so he gave me the information and guess what? I picked two picks before the guy with the insider information. And so I drafted that guy. And honestly, I didn't even need to draft that guy. I just did it because I wanted to stir the pot because I have this, this nature that just wanted to see some chaos. I knew what was gonna happen. I knew exactly how it was gonna work out. And I chose to put that information to action. Now, once again, I don't believe I sinned. We were having fun. It was a fantasy football league, but I knew that that was gonna cause some trouble. And it did. See, there's the inclination, but then there's the action. There's the choice. And, and that choice had an effect on our fantasy football league for years to come. I mean, I'm not even kidding. There were so many things that could be traced back to that terrible decision. You know what? The insider information was just lousy. It didn't, it didn't help me one bit. The guy was off my roster two weeks later. But, but all of that was just because I had this nature and then I made this choice and it was the wrong choice. Every single one of us at some point has made a choice like that. Every single one of us has chosen to do something that we knew went against what was right. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. 1 John 1 says, If we say that we are without sin, we are liars. Every single one of us has sinned. And I use the fantasy football story because I don't want to tell you about all the terrible times that I've chosen to go against God's holiness and righteousness. I've told you some of them before. But every single one of us in here has chosen to go against the will of God. We've all sinned and fallen short. And so sin is not just depravity. It's not just a condition of our heart that we can't help. Every single one of us has chosen to sin. We've all fallen short. Scripture tells us that the wages of sin is death. That the wages of sin is death. That when you choose sin, when you choose to go against God's holiness and righteousness, the wages of that is death. You don't get to be who you were created to be to have union with the Creator if you sin because the wages of sin are death. Is anyone getting depressed here? Can you think of some times that you chose to go against the will of God? Maybe it was selfishly doing something that hurt somebody else. Maybe, maybe it was a disobedience to your parents or, or to the law of God. Maybe you did something that was just absolutely, I think every single one of us could probably think of multiple times that we chose to sin. And so Article 5 of Article of Faith of the Church of the Nazarene says that we have all sinned both in nature and in personal choice. And the bad news today, and it's really bad news, is that the wages of sin is death. But don't stop listening, because there's really good news. And that's that the gift of God is eternal life. See, we don't stop at Article 5 with original sin and depravity and personal sin. We move to Article 6, which is atonement. Let's read it. It says, we believe that Jesus Christ, by his sufferings, by the shedding of his own blood and by his death on the cross made a full atonement for all human sin. 
and that this atonement is the only ground for, of salvation and that it is sufficient for every individual of Adam's race. The atonement is graciously efficacious for the salvation of those incapable of moral responsibility and for the children of innocency, but is efficacious for the salvation of those who reach the age of responsibility only when they repent and believe. So the bad news, Article 5, is that we have all sinned and fallen short, and every one of us, even though we were created for the pinnacle, even though we were created for the mountaintop, every single one of us was born far from it, born into a nature of sin and death, and none of us deserves to be there. But Article 6 says that by the blood of Jesus Christ, who died on a cross, rose from the dead, each and every one of us has every sin covered if we will just accept the gift of God's grace, repent of our sins, and offer ourselves to Jesus. What an awesome thing. I don't know if that makes you feel good, but if you were thinking about the terrible things you've done a few minutes ago, if you would think about all of the things you did that went against holiness and righteousness, it's not hard to start thinking about what you really deserve. And then to think about the love of Jesus Christ, that even though none of us deserve it, he came and gave everything. He bled and died on a cross so that we could have life to the fullest. It's an incredible thought. No matter how, how far you've been from the top, God's grace and the atonement of Jesus Christ gives us the opportunity to be holy as God is holy. Let's look at Romans chapter 5 again, verse 18. Consequently, so earlier we looked at chapter 5 where it said, sin and death entered the world through one man. Now look at verse 18. Consequently, just as one trespass resulted in condemnation for all people, so also one righteous act resulted in justification and life for all people. For just as through the disobedience of one man the many were made sinners, so also through the obedience of the one man the many will be made righteous. Adam messed us all up. Jesus makes us all right, can give us atonement and holiness. So a couple key phrases I want to I want to point out real quick, and and then we'll wrap up here. I mean, first first phrase in 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 the article of faith six is that that by his death on the Christ uh, on the cross, Jesus gave us full atonement. There are a lot of people in your life that if you mess up, in fact, that story about fantasy football. If you want to fast forward to the end of it, I don't really talk to the guy much anymore because we never quite made things fully right. It, it wasn't that, but, but people, if you wrong them, will often not let you back to where you should be with them. But through Jesus Christ, we have full atonement. Jesus doesn't say, hey, you blew it, but I will let you part of the way back up the mountain towards holiness. I'll let you come part of the way, but you can't come all the way because you blew it. We have full atonement. 
all of our sins are covered. The second phrase is for all human sin. The worst thing that you've ever done, the most defiant, the most vile, the worst thing you've ever done in your life. Jesus Christ offers you atonement. Jesus Christ offers you forgiveness through his death for that. All of our sin through the death of Christ, all of our sin is fully atoned for. That is good news today. See, if you fall off in human terms, if you mess up, if, you fall, if you're climbing Mount Everest and you get towards the top and you fall, there's no coming back. We serve a God that even though we started far and none of us deserve to be there, we serve a God that even if we're on our way up that climb, even if we're all, all on our way up the journey and we're going towards holiness and we make a decision that makes us fall far from God, we serve a God that offers us grace and atonement. That is wonderful news today. Romans chapter 3 says, but now apart from the law of righteousness of God has been made known. Apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been made known, to which the law and the prophets testify. This righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference between Jew or Gentile, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But listen to this part. All are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of his blood to be received by faith. He did this to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance, he had left the sins committed before unpunished. He did it to demonstrate his righteousness at the present time so as to be just and the one who justifies those who have faith in Jesus. The bad news today of Article 5 is that None of us deserve holiness and righteousness. The good news of Article 6 is that through the blood of Christ, every single one of us can have the life we were created for in the beginning. We can have wholeness. We can have unity with our Creator. And so we need to respond to this today. And there's two ways that I think we respond. Number one, each and every one of us if there is sin in your life, and I'm not just talking about if you've stolen something, if you've killed someone, I'm talking about if you have gone against the will of God, if you have been disobedient to the law of God, to the law of love, if there is sin in your life, the first thing that needs to happen today is you need to confess your sin to God, you need to repent of your sin, and you need to allow the grace of God to cover your sins. But there's a second thing, Romans chapter 6, verse 8 says, Now if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God in the same way. Listen to this. This is the response. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. Do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness. 
For sin shall no longer be your master, because you are not under the law, but under grace. Our response today is twofold. Number one, we need to acknowledge and we need to confess our sin. But number two, we need to offer ourselves fully, our bodies, our hearts, our minds, our lives, our actions to God. So I want you to stand up. And the worship team's going to come, and, and we're going to sing one last song. And this song just says, come to the altar. And if you look up the, at the front, usually we have altars up here. We, we don't have altars up here today. But as we sing, oh, come to the altar, every single one of us needs to respond to God's word today. Every single one of us. For many of us, it's going to be to take some time and say, God, you know the places I've fallen short. You know where I've sinned and fallen short. Lord, please forgive me to confess our sins and to ask for forgiveness. The good news is Jesus has already paid the price. The second response is that each and every one of us today needs to say, God, I want to live for you. I want to live for holiness and righteousness. So make me who you created me to be. Use my life, use my body, use my heart, use my mind to bring glory to the Creator. As we sing the song, I want to ask if you can, I want to ask you to turn around and I want you to kneel at your seat. If you can't, I know that a lot of you probably can't do that. I want to ask you to turn, I want you to find a way to pray. And I want you to seek forgiveness for your sin. And I want you to offer yourselves wholly to God. Father, we love you today. And, and for some of us, we may have forgotten just how messed up that we are. For some of us, it may be hard to think about the depravity in our lives. But Lord, each and every one of us was born with a sinful human nature. And each and every one of us was far from you. But you offer us hope today. You are a living hope. We have atonement, full atonement through the sacrifice that you made on a cross for us. And so Lord, I pray for each and every one of us that we will give ourselves wholly to you today, that we will confess the areas that we've fallen short and that we will offer ourselves to you as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing. Father, work in us. Bring conviction where conviction needs to be and help us to be holy as you created us to be holy. We love you, Jesus. As we sing, make the place you are an altar. Come to the altar. Don't miss this opportunity. Don't miss this opportunity to experience the grace of God, the atonement of Christ.